0: And As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and you're listening to Wednesdays with Will, and I'm Will Addison, so Wednesdays with me. I hope you're ready. We we have a, I think it's a exciting topic to talk about. It could be controversial. Uh, it shouldn't be, but it could be. And I think that's probably because of bad doctrine or bad teaching. But I'm going to talk about it today. And this has been something I've kind of um talked about before, hinted at, and even had, I had one show where we did talk about uh, this particular topic, but. I'm going to go in a different angle um, because I think it's necessary that we as believers understand what has been afforded to us uh, by God, like what he has given us and uh, very, very important. But before I get into that, let's go through these announcements. You can email us at Addison's at Addison's at AFR.net remember to register for the marriage family life conference happening July 7th to the 9th. Uh, you can go to marriage Dot net to register there. You can get information there as well. I just want to let you know, and this is going to, you're going to hear this more and more frequently because registration will close on May 15th. Regist- registration will close May 15th. So I advise you to register as soon as possible. Um, It's going to be a great time. It's going to be a great time. I've been praying about uh, the event, uh, praying for the speakers, uh, just for the families that will come. I believe that it it would be a blessing. And I'm going to just let you in on something. I'm not a big conference goer, you know, but I will go to something that I feel like is impactful. And my prayer is that this conference will impact families, children, parents, Uh, singles you know everyone everyone that's what I look for I don't look for pep rallies I'm not looking to just be cheered to do something and then when I go back home you know I fall right back into my apathy and things like that that's not what I look for personally I'm looking for impact I'm looking to to glean something to learn something and so I'm hoping that this conference will be just that we have some great speakers. You can see who the speakers are if you go to marriagefamilylife.net as well. Um, and I just hope to see you there. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and on YouTube. Uh, search Airing the Addisons and you can watch the broadcast live. Uh, just this past weekend, we did another challenge with the children. Uh, the Addison Challenge number four, I believe that was. Uh, it was it's pretty cool. It was a Bible trivia type Deal We did. And so it's pretty funny. If you go to our Facebook page, Aaron Addison's, you can scroll down and you can see the challenge. Um, It always is a fun time. The kids love doing it, the big three. And um, so I think this was one of the best ones. Also, make sure you visit the Buy Design Facebook page and also uh, the Web page for Buy Design at afa.net slash buy design. And that will end our announcements. So today, today, I want to talk about, and hopefully I can get through all of this. I have a a lot, but I, I believe that this is very, very important information. Um, and today's topic is um, activated for service. Activated for service. We as believers, we are not called to sit on the bench. Every person... Uh, that has put their faith and hope and trust in Christ, you have a ministry, a ministry of reconciliation. So the people who are around you, the places that you go, you have an obligation uh, to be a light in dark areas. We have many places that we go on regular basis. And so on a regular basis. So in those, at those places we should shine for Christ. But, We have to be activated for service. So it is necessary that we lean on the Holy Spirit's power to enable us to do our work. Now, God has given us talents and abilities, and it's always a temptation. It's always a temptation to rest on our natural abilities rather than the Spirit of God to enable us to do our work. It's just a feature of being human. Like we would rather rest on, I can figure this out or, you know, I'm going to come up with something rather than go and pray and seek the Lord and ask, Holy Spirit, would you lead me and guide me, help me, I need you. That's harder for us to do. We would rather, a lot of times we would rather figure it out ourselves, you know. Um, But a feature of the believer is those who are led uh, by the Spirit of God. Those are the sons of God. We are ones who are led by the Spirit and the Holy Spirit enables us and empowers us for the work that he calls us to do. So whatever our role or task, God's anointing is readily available to us to help us so that we are not leaning on our own strength and abilities, but on enhanced the enhanced ability given to us by God. So the topic of the Holy Spirit, as I said before, uh, and what he does and, uh, and 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 who he is, it can be very controversial. But just like we understand our need as believers for the word of God and that we need to uh, absorb the, the word of God, read the word of God, study the word of God, be guided and directed by the word of God, just as we understand that as believers, we need to understand as believers the our need for the reliance on the Holy Spirit and for our need to be activated by the Holy Spirit for all that we are trying to do or attempting to do for God. It, it, this should not be a foreign conversation. Those who are his are led by spirit. And so we, we have these weird conversations sometimes when it because as it concerns the Holy Spirit, because we've been taught some things that are not biblical. And because of that, we throw uh, all of the teaching of the Holy Spirit out of out of the window. We like, man, no, that's too weird because we've been taught some bad doctrine about, you know, who he is and what uh, he does. In engaging the culture. And we talk a lot about engaging the culture. In engaging the culture, we need the boldness that being filled with the Spirit brings. That's no way you're going to do it in your own strength. You need the boldness that's given by uh, the power of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Spirit, to engage this culture. We talk about it all the time on this show. What's going on? what, What we are up against? In our own strength, we're not going to win that. We're not going to win that. We have to go in the power of the spirit In understanding our role as citizens and how we interact with government. We need to be filled with the spirit in raising our children and loving our spouses. We need to be filled with the spirit. See, a lot of times we don't think about that. If you're a mom at home, you're thinking like, what's the need for me to be filled with the spirit? Like what? You know, I'm not preaching. I'm not teaching. I'm not. No, you're raising children. God will give you insight into your children. You should pray in the morning, Lord, fill me with the Spirit today. Help me to to, to be empowered by him for service, even if that service is training your children at at home. Training your children at home is, is, is an important piece. So we need to be led by the Spirit and filled with the Spirit. In evangelizing a lost and dying world, and in discipling those who put their hope and trust in Christ, we need to be filled with the spirit. So we're going to talk a little bit later about what it means to be filled with the spirit, because there's so many bad teachings out there about what, what, what that means, what it looks like. But we're going to talk about that a little later in the Old Testament. I want to go back and show how the Holy Spirit from the Old Testament all the way through has been active and, and there from the beginning. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, it says the earth was formless and void and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Boom, there he is. He's present at the beginning. And in the last chapter of Revelation, we see him there. The Bible says in Revelation chapter 22, verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty, come. Let the one who wishes take the water of life without cost. So from beginning to end, he's present. All in between, he's present. I'm, I'm reading right now um, in, in the Judges, you know, and it's talking, it was talking about Samson. And right before Samson did all these big, mighty things, the Bible said, and the spirit of God came upon him and he was filled with it. And the spirit came upon him. And, you know, then he went and 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 slew all these Philistines. That was an empowerment for the service that God was calling him to. (laughs) But it was it wasn't his own strength. The spirit came upon him and he did those things that we are we read about and we are in awe like what? Just a side note. I was talking to the family yesterday, and we, I, I, I've been reading through the Judges, and it talks about the the the, the instance where uh, 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 Samson caught three hundred foxes, and tied them up two by two, and put a, a a torch in between the tails, and and sent them out into the um, Philistine you know camp, and it burned everything that was in. And I just kind of thought about that. I'm like, 300, you know how hard it is to catch 300 foxes? Like 300, I mean, those animals are not dumb. But I just thought about that. And, you know, and uh, when I when I read those accounts, sometimes you can just read it and, and not really. I was like, man, that, that probably took some time unless God performed a miracle. I don't know exactly how it happened, but 300 foxes. But anyway, that's a side note. <laughs> but the Bible uh, shows us that the Holy Spirit is present from beginning to end. In Numbers chapter nine, and I've talked about this before. And I'm gonna try to move quickly, verse 15 to 23. There's there's two sets of scriptures. You know, we see the Spirit's involvement, and this is one uh, in the aiding and the anointing for the work of God. And I talked about this before. In Exodus chapter 30, Exodus chapter 31, uh, this is the account where God lays out instructions for the the Ark of the Covenant, um, specifics on how everything is to be built. Uh, In this, God chose two men. He chose Bezalel and Oholiab as craftsmen, right, uh, for this work. But he does not only employ their skill, he anoints them for this task. The anointing enhances our skills and abilities. It's the whole thing of you can have someone who can sing, and it can move you. They can move you emotionally because, man, they can really sing. They can sing, Right? But that's nothing like someone who sings under under the anointing of God. It's different. It's just different. It's not just emotion that rises up. You can get emotional watching a Hallmark movie. (laughs) I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the genuine anointing that rests upon a person for service. A singer who sings under the anointing of God. There's a difference. Exodus chapter 31, verse 2 through 8. Uh, uh, two through six, sorry. It says, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, uh, the son of her, of the tribe of Judah, and I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all kinds of craftsmanship to make artistic designs for work in gold, in silver, and in bronze, and in the cutting of stones for settings, and in the carving of wood that he may work in all kinds of craftsmanship. And behold, I myself have appointed with him Oholiab, the son of Ashimosh, of the tribe of Dan, and in the hearts of all who are skillful, I have put skill, that they may make all that I have commanded you. There's a difference. There's a difference in being anointed for a task and just being gifted. There's a lot of gifted people in the world, but anointed people, that's much different. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. We'll be back right after this.
1: In a called Frantic, I stand as a Messianic, can't stand if this planet isn't my home. But I long for Mount Zion and no be Yerushalayim when I'm by him and the Shemaim of gold. The redeemed sons and daughters will drink of the living water from the Father and the Lamb on the throne. His glory is story and we we'll all be shouting holy as we serve him in the Shemayim of gold. At the in white robes sea of people. No
0: man, this is Aaron Addison's here like worship, on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison and you're listening to Wednesdays with Will. And today we're talking about being activated for service. Activated for service. And before we went to break, I was uh, highlighting the scripture in Exodus chapter 31. Where it talks about how God selected Bezalel and Oholiab. Uh, they were craftsmen, but he anointed them for a task that, that, that went well beyond their own ability and skill uh, to make things. And so this is what we need. You know, there's particular areas that we're good in. Like my brother Jeff, he's a great producer. Like he can do, do video stuff, audio stuff. And we, you, you can have that kind of stuff going on in the world, you know, within the body of Christ. There's a difference when a person is anointed to do what they what they what they do when God has put his hand upon that person. There's a difference. And sometimes we can get enamored by just abilities and talents and giftings. That's why we, you know, look at celebrities the way that we look at them. Oh, they can act so well, you know, but man, we need not get caught up in all of that. God, you know, has an anointing that he provides for his people for service. And so even, you know, within the body of Christ, especially within the body of Christ, we need to ask the Lord, help me to understand what you're calling me to and anoint me for that place. Anoint me for that place. So these men were craftsmen by trade, but God anointed them with the ruach, the spirit, to be to be skilled to do this particular work. In Numbers chapter 11, uh, and I talked about this before. In this account, the children of Israel complained before God because they had greedy desires for meat instead of the manna God was providing. They even said, who will give us meat to eat? We remember the fish, uh, which we used to eat free in Egypt, the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But now our appetite is gone. There is nothing at all to look at except this manna. Wow. And so that that was very upsetting to Moses, but especially to God. So God was angry and Moses was displeased. And so Moses went to God and said, why have you been so hard on your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight that you have laid the burden of all this people on me? Was it I who conceived all this people? This is Moses talking to talking to God. Was it I who brought them forth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing infant to the land, which you swore to their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give to all this people? For they weep before me saying, give us meat that we may eat. And I alone am not able to carry all this people because it is too burdensome for me. See, that was a realization that Moses had. He was like, man, I can't do it. I can't do it by myself. Man, these people, they're a burden. And they're asking me to do something I can't do. But then God responds. And God says, gather for me 70 men from the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and their officers, and bring them to the tent of meeting. And let them take their stand there with you. Then I will come down and speak with you there, and I will take of the spirit who is upon you, and will put him upon them. And they shall bear the burden of the people with you, so that you will not bear it alone. Now I've talked about this before, but I have to say it again. There's a couple things that stick out about what God has said here. He told Moses to go to get from the elders the men that are elders in Israel. So these men possessed leadership skills. He said, and, and he also said they're officers. They are the officers. So there were, there were leaders naturally. They, they had leadership skills. They were ones who were leaders of the people, but God didn't say, just get them and just tell them to come, you know, help you and you'll be fine. But no, God said, I will take of the spirit of, who is upon you and will put him. You got to look at that. It's not it. You didn't say I will put it on. Holy Spirit is a person. He's God. He's he's a personable being and will put him upon them and they shall bear the burden of the people with you. So these leaders had to be equipped and activated for service to help Moses, it wasn't good enough that they were just that they were leaders. That wasn't good enough. No, this was a task that needed the uh, the spirit to uh, enable them and activate them in a, in order to carry this out. There's a difference, and I hope I hope you're getting uh, what I, what I'm saying here. Uh, there's a, another side note. There's another interesting piece uh, to this story. In Numbers 11, it's a foreshadowing, Is a foreshadowing of Acts chapter 2. And it says in, in Numbers chapter 11, uh, verse 26, it said, But two men had remained in the camp. Uh, the name of one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them. Now they were among those who had been registered, but had not gone out to the tent. So they were back in the camp. They were registered to go, but they didn't go out. Uh they were still in, they were they were they didn't go out to the tent. And they prophesied in the camp. So they were in the camp prophesying. So a young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the attendant of Moses, from his youth, said, Moses, my Lord, restrain them. But Moses said, Now check out what Moses said. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Then Moses returned to the camp, both he and the elders of Israel. That's very interesting. It reminds me of Peter in Acts chapter 2 on the Day of Pentecost speaking to the crowd. He said, This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses, Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both see and hear. And then he also said, um, Peter said to them, Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. It's amazing. You see that the Holy Spirit, that Moses is saying, man, I would that all the people were prophets, and I wish that they, that God would put his spirit on on them. Well, that would happen, that God would give the promise of the Holy Spirit, and for believers, that he would fill believers with his spirit. And it's interesting what Peter said in this sermon, for this promise is for you and your children and for all who are afar off. That's very, that's very interesting. So, what is this promise? Well, we'll look back at this later, but we're gonna we're gonna examine what this promise is. And we already know from what we're talking about, but we're gonna come back to that later. I wanna finish with the old testament. There's a there's uh maybe one, two more. Maybe No, just one more in the Old Testament I want to survey. David, when he was being anointed to be king, right? The Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day on to equip him for service unto the Lord. In Samuel, First Samuel chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Then Samuel took up the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon David from that day forward. From that day forward, and Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So we see here that David was anointed to be king. The Spirit of God came upon him. From that day forward, he it wasn't it wasn't just okay. You are the king. I've selected you. Now you're going to be kingly from your days on. You're going to you are the king. No, there had to be an empowerment for David to to be king, the king that God wanted him to be. Now, was David flawless? We know he wasn't. But man, he was anointed. And you see it right here, that he was anointed from that day forward. He was activated in that moment to be what God called for him to be. The Holy Spirit, he activates us for service. Now, I'm going to quickly go to the New Testament. And we're talking about, again, being activated for service. John chapter 14, familiar scriptures. Verse 16 to 26, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, another helper, that he may be with you forever. That is the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. When a believer, when a person comes to Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to indwell that believer. Yes. Yes. Everyone who is a born-again believer the Holy Spirit lives inside of that person say I will not leave you as orphans I will come to you after a while after a little while the world will no longer see me but you will see me because I live you will you will live also in that day you will know that I am in the Father and the Father in me and I in you and he who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me and he who loves me will be loved by my father and I will love him and will disclose myself to him Judas not Iscariot said to him lord what then has happened uh, that you are going to disclose yourself uh, to us and not to the world and Jesus answered and said to him if anyone loves me he will keep my word and my father will love him and he, and we will come to him and make our abode with him He who does not love me does not keep me, does not keep my words. And the word which you hear is, is not mine, but the father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while abiding with you, but, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I said to you. So a big role and function of the Holy Spirit, who is our helper, our comforter, is that he will bring, he will come in in the name of Christ, in his name, and he will teach us all things and bring to our remembrance all that uh, was said. In John chapter 16, another familiar verse, it says, But now I am going to him who sent me, and none of you ask, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. Why? For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. And concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world has been judged. I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will disclose to you what is to come. He will glorify me. For he will take of mine and will disclose it to you. It's to our advantage that Jesus went away. That the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Comforter will come, the Helper will come. Because he would activate us for service. He would remind us of of God's Word, of, of Jesus' Word. He would remind us. He would help us in our efforts to evangelize and to live these lives. We cannot live fruitful, godly lives without the power of the Holy Spirit. You can't. So to to, to carry it on further, the Holy Spirit activated believers in the first century church. Now I'm going to go back to that promise. That promise in Acts chapter one. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart for Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the father, which he said, you heard from me, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, let's think about this. These disciples of Christ. They were to wait until they were activated for service. Shouldn't they have already been ready to do what Jesus told them to do? When we read about in Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission. Think about it. Number one. They were with Jesus for three years, right? They were personally taught by him and they were personally taught by God. They saw him heal the sick. They saw him raise the dead. They watched him teach the multitudes. They saw him cast out demons, even cast uh, demons out themselves under his authority. He sent them out two by two, remember? And they were all elated because demons were sub- submitting to the power, He said, man, you need to be happy that your names are written in the book of life. They saw him debate Pharisees and other religious leaders. The disciples saw all of this. They walked with him. They watched him pray and was taught to pray by him. And more. So it seems like they should have been ready to go out and simply tell what they had seen and heard. Right. They should have been qualified already. But wait. He told them to wait why they had to be activated for the Great Commission that they were supposed to carry out he told them to wait because that was more than just their intellectual ability that was needed for them to truly carry out the mission that would change the world it wasn't just the knowledge of Jesus and 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 knowing how he prayed and taught they had to be activated for service And we, in the same way, we need to be activated for the service that God has for us. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesday's with Will, and we'll be back right after this.
1: I believe somebody's pulling strings. Don't start me. They want me to get the vaccine they can't mark me they got mad when i told them that sages witchcraft removing bad spirits with smoke like that get rid of that it's crazy i don't play them games with satan now nah. forcing things to happen ain't natural that's just playing god god they trying to run me out the booth Persecuting me for telling the truth They never knew I, Somebody needs to go and give God an apology Cause we ignore his prophecies And just worship astrology I don't care if you Aquarius or Sagittarius God did not create it He probably think it's hilarious And all the Greek mythology Nonsense, I ain't having it And anyone who call themselves a God To me is blasphemous We see 11-11 and try to claim something If it's an angel number Tell me what angel it came from They can't. to me It looked like it's another idol Cause if it's an angel number than how's it not in the bible i'm confused the world is distracting us from the rules taking god out of the media television and schools thinking that is a joke but i am not too amused they go try to make us choose and kill us if we refuse read the clues it look like the fame is too hard to handle if you straight and you don't want to be gay then you'll get
0: cancelled mm, all right well this is harry the addisons here on american family radio wednesdays with will and uh um, i need to give the the, the names of these songs so, uh, uh, that's Kyron the Light. Um, it's called Witchcraft. And that's part two. So he did these three songs. Um, it was Witchcraft One, Two, and Three, in which he's addressing uh certain things that we have accepted as Christians in the church that are not biblical. And, you know, we <laughs> before we know it, we we not slid on and gotten to astrology and all this kind of stuff, you know, Greek mythology and all that stuff. And, you know, I like artists like this. I'm just gonna say it. I like truth tellers. So, you know, if you're an artist and um, you, you tell the truth, I will listen to your music, you know, because I, I, I just love the truth. All right. Back to what I was talking about here. We're talking about being activated for service. And so I was making a point that the disciples, they uh, observed Jesus for three years. They saw all that he did. And the Great Commission simply told them to go out and make disciples. Shouldn't they have been well capable to do that? Well, what Jesus told them to go to Jerusalem and wait, wait for the promise. Wait till you have been endued with power. Hmm. So they had all the intellectual ability to do what was necessary. They had walked with God for three years. They saw him. They saw they knew he was raised from from the dead. They saw him. Yet he told them to wait before they went out. And share this great news, this this great commission. Like you wait in Jerusalem until you endued with power. That's important. How today do we feel like we don't have to have that? I don't know. I don't know. I have I have an idea. I think some bad teaching has gone out. And so people are very apprehensive when you talk about the Holy Spirit empowering for service. It shouldn't be that way. So going back to these disciples, they should have been well-equipped to share what they had seen and heard. But just like those leaders of Israel that needed to be activated by the Holy Spirit to assist Moses in leading these men and women, it uh, needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit to carry the message of the gospel. They, these disciples needed to be filled with the Spirit to carry out this gospel message. They needed, they needed power. They needed boldness uh, to be witnesses or martyrs for Christ. Man, oh, if we could ever get to a point where we don't rely on our own intellect and abilities, but we rely on the Spirit to use those things that He's given us for, for His glory. If we didn't just lean back on, I can do this, or, this is my method for doing this, and we said, Holy Spirit, would you lead me, help me, guide me? We get into the Word of God and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us, to illuminate our mind to what he's saying in in the word. Again, I'll say it. A primary feature of being a child of God is that you are led by the spirit of God. The Bible says in in Romans chapter eight, verse 14, for all who are being led by the spirit of God, these are sons of God. If we would yield our abilities and our intellect to God to empower us with his strength and not our own ingenuity, talents and smarts, What could be accomplished for his kingdom? What could be accomplished? Peter, among the disciples, was qualified to speak concerning Jesus. It was him who declared that Jesus was the Christ, the son of the living God. Right. He was part of the inner three. Peter, James, John. Right. He walked he walked towards Jesus on the water, but he also faltered in his faith like we like we all do. But Peter, full of the spirit, was no longer a coward. He preached on the day of Pentecost and thousands repented. <laughs> That's a different Peter. He and the others were now boldly able to proclaim the gospel. Even when they were scattered because of persecution, right? They preached the gospel as they went. and Because we, we get the account of Philip. As they were being scattered, you find Philip in Samaria preaching the gospel and God is working uh, mightily there. They were empowered for service. You know, I'm saddened by how much Christian work we try to do in our own strength. How many dead works are produced because we don't seek the Spirit's leading? How many good things are pursued that are not God things? That are not God things. Man, we don't, we, you know, the aim in our hearts, even if we don't say it with our lips, is I'll figure it out. I can do it. Let me see what I can do. That's 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 what we say in our hearts, even if we don't say it out loud. I'm gonna talk about further activation for boldness. Acts chapter four. After God used Peter and John to heal. The lame beggar, remember? Peter preached another sermon. And while the people looked in amazement at the man who was healed, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 4, verse 1, it says, And they were speaking to the people, the priest and the the captain of the temple, guard, and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in jail until the next day for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the message believed, and the number of the men came to be about 5,000. So you have another sermon and about 5,000. Like God is, you know, he's just, he's moving. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes were gathered together in Jerusalem, and Annas, the high priest, was there, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were high priest, of high priestly descent. And when they had placed them in the center, they began to inquire, by what power or in what name have you done this? Then Peter, watch it. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said. See, the Bible don't give us these details just to sound poetic and, oh, yeah, you know, this, this this will really get them right here. No, that's important for us to know. Peter wasn't going out there in his own strength to try to tell these leaders these religious leaders, what power they were doing this in. The Bible tells us, Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man, as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene uh, of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this name, this man stands here before you in good health. He is a stone <laughs> which you uh, rejected the builders who you, that you rejected, but which became the chief cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. All of that that Peter said, That wasn't just his own smarts and abilities. That was the Holy Spirit speaking through him, empowering him to say those words that were cut to their hearts. Only God can do that. Even in our efforts to witness to our lost family, man, don't just rely on your good words and what you can say. How am I going to fix this so they can understand it? Man, ask the Holy Spirit to help you fill me so I can talk to my family about you. Why go out in our own strength when we have this great helper? When there was a situation in Acts chapter 6 about the daily uh, distribution of food for the Hellenistic Jews, the solution was spirit-filled leadership. Like the men who aided Moses, these men had to be activated for service by the Spirit. The Scripture reads, Acts chapter 6, Now at the time, while the disciples were increasing in number, a complaint arose on the part of the Hellenistic Jews uh, uh, against the native Hebrews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily serving of food. So this was an issue. So how do we deal with this issue? So the 12 summoned the congregation of the disciples and said, it is not desirable for us to neglect the word of God in order to serve tables. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we may put in charge of this task, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They were essentially waiting tables, but they had to be men of great, a good reputation and full of the spirit and wisdom to wait the tables, to serve the food. Look, y'all, they had to be activated for service. And we see who came out of this bunch. That was Stephen, the first martyr. That was Philip. That was, these guys were not scrubs. (laughs) They weren't just like, you know, second rate, you know, Christians that just served and waited, waited tables. No, these were guys who were full of the spirit. Being full of the spirit was a prerequisite for godly ministry. Is it that today? Or is it the Bible college I went to? The seminary I graduated from? I have a doctor in front of my name. Man, the qualifications I see in the scripture is that they are filled with the spirit. that They are led by God. Then we have the revival happening in Acts chapter 8. And I'm not going to finish all of this, man. I'd probably do a part two. <laughs> Acts chapter 8, where they thought it was a, a, a matter of necessity that as people were being born again, that the new believers would be activated for service. Acts chapter 8, verse 14 it says, now when the apostles of Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them, Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Then they began laying their hands on them and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now, in this account, they, these people received the Holy Spirit. They thought it necessary that they did receive the Holy Spirit. This account does not say anything about anybody speaking in tongues, prophesying or anything like that. That's on purpose. See, we get it twisted. We've been taught what you look for. If somebody is full of the spirit is like tongues or some type of manifestation that's been taught in our churches. But I want to submit to you that when you look through scripture, if you want to look, if you want to look for something as an indication of someone being full of the spirit, look for boldness. Look for boldness. Because the Holy Spirit came to make them bold witnesses. We, we we often conflate, and I know some people might have a problem, we conflate the Holy Spirit with the gifts that he give. I was a part of, of a ministry before that believed that almost, it, it, it seemed like it was a belief that tongues equaled the Holy Spirit. No, Holy Spirit is God. He gives gifts to men. That's a gift. That's not... Holy Spirit. And there's been some teaching that almost tie that particular, that one particular gift to being who the Holy Spirit is. No, no. If you're looking for evidence of someone full of the Spirit, look for the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. Look for boldness. Man, I have so many others. Acts chapter 9, that features uh, the conversion of Saul. One of the things that the Lord did through the disciple Ananias was to pray for Saul to be filled with the Spirit. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and after laying his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Why? Well, it it sticks out to me that right after this event, It says, and immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he regained his sight and he got up and was baptized. Then it says. After this, that Paul went out and he began to preach in the synagogue. He began to preach in the synagogue. He needed to be filled with the spirit and boldness to be able to carry out all the things that God was calling him to do. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. We see what happened in Acts chapter 10. This is when Cornelius' house, you know, and they were filled with the Spirit. But it, it was a necessary thing for, not for like goosebumps and, oh, I'm a a, a a more spiritual Christian than you are. No, it was an activation for service. I'm not going to be able to finish this because I have more to say about this. Look, and if you have any questions, I'm sure some of this, you know, you're hearing, you're like, ah, I don't know, Brother Will. Look, I'm telling you, it's all throughout Scripture. God empowers his people. I want to talk next time about what is being filled with the Spirit because people get that twisted. No, when when you're a born-again believer, the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. But there's a total submission to God. There's a filling that he offers as well. Fill us for service. And we could talk about that. And I'll probably talk about that the next time. This has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. I hope this has been an encouragement. If you have any questions at um, Addison's at AFR.net, you can email us and I'll try to get back with you the best I can. But until tomorrow, we'll be back with you. God bless.